I'd like to acknowledge that I work on mum in development on Garrigal land and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Also, a heads up that this episode contains some swearing for any little ears that may be around. Hey there, my name is Ellie Evangelista and I'm the host and creator of Mum in Development. I'm also one of two creators of Marcus, my son. In my journey of early motherhood, I just couldn't quite fathom how I was going to keep both my creative practice and my child alive. (laughs) Both things are so important to me and incredibly personal, seemingly a part of me, and yet both seem to continuously compete for the same parts of my brain and body. I know so many and I see so many working artists and mothers around me and I just thought, stuff it, I'll ask them how they're doing it. So on here, I don't ask all the usual mum podcast questions, but I hope you join me as I ask just one, how do you keep your creative practice and your child alive? For the first episode of Mum in Development, I spoke to one of my dearest friends, Tess. Amongst many, 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 many things, Tess is an opera singer and a mum to two boys with her third bub on the way. In absolute full transparency, we recorded this on a Saturday night at about 8.45pm. Tess is speaking from her car because it was the only place for her to speak uninterrupted. I almost had to postpone because it was hit and miss if my son could be settled, Um, but we got there. Tess says many things about juggling the balance between being creatively fulfilled with young children, about the nature of gigs, and I think she has a really honest and realistic take on how she keeps both her creative practice and her children alive. Speaking of, as I'm recording this, Marcus is sitting next to me clanging and banging some of the chords around, so my apologies if you can hear that. Tess and I began our conversation really organically and I had thankfully started recording, so it launches straight into it. Moving down the coast and mm-hmm. being a mum of young children or whatever, and I think in my mind I almost wanted, it was almost an excuse. I wanted people to be like, wow, she like managed to practice and do this gig and she has young children. Isn't that shocking? But then another part of me was like, no, actually this is my, this is this is what's encapsulates me right now. All these things that I'm running. I am so glad that I started recording. I've also <laughs> added mum to my bio. I've made it really wow. Yeah, I've made it really clear. Not really clear, yeah. but I've said that um, she had her first she. Like, of course, I talk about myself in third person in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, somebody else wrote it. You don't have to. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not my own <laughs> media manager. Um, <laughs> I think I wrote something like she is expecting her first child in 2022. Mm-hmm. Of course, I haven't updated it since then because, <laughs> baby. 
Also, I specifically chose the word expecting because it just seemed better or something. Than what looking forward to the arrival of. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, but actually I was like, expecting sounds good. But yeah, yeah, it's like an upcoming big. Yeah, oh my gosh. I've got work coming up. Yeah, it's expected. Yeah, everything's fine. (laughs) But I also felt it was important to note, actually. Mm, Yes. Yes. Well, when I put it into my bio, it was it was all of those things. It was that I wanted people to know that that performing was an aspect of what I was doing, trying to do. And a big part of what I'm actually doing is being a mum. Mm. And that's that's part of the picture now. But most people don't write all this stuff in their bios, do they? They write music, they write their achievements <laughs> in their field. <laughs> did you say that I you're a mum of two? Did you say that you're a mum of two or did you just write that you're also a mum? I think I wrote young children oh good I think multiple is important people need to know that you you know mother more than one I think you think because two is an achievement (laughs) (laughs) what am I gonna do when I have three to really make people realize hello I've got three of these things now I think maybe I'll just write the number three and then in brackets spell out the word three I also did it because I was like I wanted to make a point that there was some work I was doing in 2022 and stuff all of you, I did this while I was, like, becoming a mum and that's yeah. hard. Yes. So I You know, I remember having this conversation with you. Oh, no. Sorry, did I absolutely interrupt? No, you? please, go. Where you took on mate to a rehearsal and, you know, it was that thing of like, oh, how great is that? that we live in this open-minded space now where you can take your child to rehearsals and, and breastfeed them in public should you want to and, and all that. And then there was that thing of, yeah, but also I'd prefer to be able to go to work and not take them. Oh. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be nice to be able to go and just focus on my work? And so, yes, so open-minded, but what would also be open-minded <laughs> for me to be able to go to work and do a really great job without being called. So the other day I did a Zoom and um, old mate, who you referred to, um, everyone I think she means my child, <laughs> um, old mate was with me on Zoom and I was making dinner and I had to just, we all had to introduce ourselves. And I was like, hi, I'm here. This is my kid. I'm making dinner. I'm turning the camera off. I'm chopping potatoes, like stay tuned. And I was telling another friend of mine this, and she was like, don't you just sometimes want to be professional? You know, she also has two young babies. And she was like, you know, I just want to come across as professional sometimes. And I was like, me too. I can't find where that line is. I think it depends who I'm talking to in the context, sometimes I want people to know, can you believe that I've made it to work today, dressed with my hair washed and I've even got makeup on my face. Wow. And and by the way, I have children. I, I want them to know because I think maybe they don't know that sometimes just getting out of the house in any form to the supermarket is hard. Mm. Um, let alone getting ready to go to work and have your brain switched on. But then there are 
definitely other times where I don't want that to define me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, no, you hired me for the job and here I am. Of course I'm going to be here for the job, ready. Yes. <laughs> totally. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe it depends if I'm talking to a man about it mm. or a woman and there is just also that comfort in those conversations that you have with other people with young children. Yeah. <laughs> like sort of, you know, you're commiserating. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're giving each other a pat on the back for just Doing. getting out. Yeah. 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 Even though it's easier than being at home. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's important for me to give you an opportunity for people who are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Everybody out there. Um, For you to have an opportunity to tell everybody about yourself and what you do. And I know a lot about you, so please don't skimp because I will fill the gaps in, essentially. So please <laughs> indulge. Go. Well, I don't know. I um, I studied music and in opera singing, and so I did that and went and did that a bit overseas and in Chicago, you, she has a master's. P.S. Yeah, I got a master's in opera, which yep. um, is yes, is as useful as you can imagine. No, it's um, it was great at the time. I was, I loved studying, and I was really focused, and I wanted to be one of the soloists on the leading opera stages of the world, and it was really simple to just kind of follow the things that people suggest you should do and just work hard and um, be in a practice room chipping away at that. So that's what I did for years. And so I went to do my master's in Chicago, came back to Australia and ended up in a musical because, you know, like I said, I did a master's in opera and um, (laughs) you have to eat. Um, And... So that's where we met. It is. Doing a musical. Yep. It's true. I went to university for dancing and, as Tess said, ended up in a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Contemporary dance specifically and then did a full-fledged musical because, like Tess said, you have to eat. (laughs) We wouldn't even be halfway through the show by now. The hours we used to stay up till, Seriously. not the hours we were woken up at. Correct. Still awake. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Yep. So what that's else? what I did. Yep. Uh, well, so sort of opera-related things. And then I guess through those years I was kind of teaching, teaching singing lessons at schools, uh, teaching sort of music programs in various disadvantaged schools around, around and about, mainly in Melbourne and um, outside of Melbourne. Then I, oh, I actually had vocal damage um, where I had like nodules or polyps where you get swelling on your cords, on your vocal cords, and need to get that cut off. Mm. And I think that really put a big spanner in the works or whatever that expression is. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
I couldn't I couldn't sing, couldn't talk for a while and had to rebuild. And um, I'm not really sure what happened. Like, to be honest, I think I had spent so many years working really hard at, at becoming an opera singer, but I, I don't know how happy I was and how much I was actually performing. And then by that point, when you're sort of living out of home and wanting to um, live somewhere nice and go out and whatever, you realize you don't have much money. So you end up doing all sorts of jobs for mm-hmm. actual money. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I guess you wonder, am I an opera singer? <laughs> or, <laughs> or do I work at Mm. you know yeah or do I teach singing what do I say that I am Mm. anyway so long story short I moved down to the coast mainly I was working on a film and I was having too many um like cafe coffee breaks with friends so I moved out of the city (laughs) out of Melbourne and met a boy and then just stayed down the coast and got pregnant and and had my first baby mm-hmm. um, three and a half years ago. Oh my gosh. Still didn't really know what to be called. You know, when people are like, oh, so what do you do? Which actually is a question you get a lot less mm. when you have a kid. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of asking myself, who am I? Am I am I a performer still? Am I an opera singer? Am I a teacher? Am I a mom? Am I all of those things? But feel like I'm doing a terrible job of all of them or yes I'm not sure so and that's where I am I'm still down the coast and I have a pretty nice lifestyle I do the occasional gig here and there and I do a bit of teaching and I parent the best of my ability every day (laughs) it's really good your parenting I've actually one thing you told me about parenthood um not parenthood, but one saying that you always say to me, it all comes out in the wash is something that I truly think of every day. And I've passed on that wisdom to friends. And they also think that because it's true. Um, Mm. I, I fully believe that one thing when I was thinking of this podcast and, um, I was like, you know, I think people who are not even, I think, I know people who are artists. Like if you go, are you, are you an artist? They shudder. If you mm, also go, yes. are you a mother? They are also very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. It's like I'm, I'm kind of um, afraid to admit to either. Absolutely. But when have you really felt like an either artist? Of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, have you ever? Oh, my gosh, that's a really good question. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe that's just us and we'll always have an inferiority complex with whatever role that we've been assigned. I feel like if you... I'm sure there are people that are brave enough out there to call themselves an artist. Um, Because I don't know, I kind of feel like then, I don't know, that you know what you're doing or that the job is done or something. Like there's nothing to figure out once you've decided you're an artist. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm not sure. I actually, as you said that, I was like, I think actually, yeah, in becoming a mother, I felt more like an artist. That is weird. Um, only because it feels like something definitive. I'm like, this is something I can clearly show that I've made out of nothing or something. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. You mean being a mum is definitive? Well, my son exists. Yeah. Was- <laughs> where is your art as ephemeral? Seriously, like where's my art? <laughs> you know, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. What's there to show? even though there is stuff to show, but there also isn't. But, you know, you want proof that I'm a mum? Here. Here he is. Yes, but yes. if you want proof that I do art, okay, sure. You know, I don't know. You actually are. When I think of you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are since since having old names. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your beautiful child. Yeah. You have done a number of performances and jobs related to being an artist, haven't you? I have. I'm. I'm aware that you're the guest on my podcast and that you're <laughs> asking me questions. Um, All right. Then don't answer it. You know what? I was thinking about this because I knew you were going to be my first guest. You just embody both things that this podcast is incredibly well um I've even lost my train of thought that just took up (laughs) (laughs) my mind oh okay so what I was thinking of was that knowing that this was going to be my first episode that I guess like dramaturgically right because we are artists (laughs) you know there's I was like you know, if people were listening to me and didn't know anything about me, I guess there should be some sort of information yeah, about my experiences as well. And so, yes, I did do some work while my child was very little, basically because I was desperate to keep a hold of any shape and form of my identity pre-having a baby. It's like, you know, in the shock of having a newborn, um, that you are like, oh, my gosh, like, is this really what my life is now? And like you've said, like, you know, you work so hard, especially as a performing artist, because we all know how many of us actually get to work and you want to be that person that works. So you work super hard and you have this kid and you just feel like it undoes everything. Well, I felt like that. Um, that I was like, oh my gosh, no, I can look, these jobs are coming in while I'm five weeks postpartum. I'll do them. I'll, do- I can do them everyone, you know? And there's also, I think of fear in the arts that more like work creates work, unfortunately, yeah. in business. And so I just, I guess, didn't want to be this person who, um, just looked like they had no work and was dedicating their life to their child because God forbid I do that. So hard. Yeah. And we just think that we take time out to do what we probably do not value enough mm-hmm. at all, the job of mothering. And yeah, that people are going to just forget about us and then we'll never get any more work. 
that it would be great to come back into the quote-unquote scene after having whatever time off if you wanted to mm-hmm. and say, oh, yeah, you know, during that time I, um, well, every day I pretended I was a play school host. Um, <laughs> I worked on my creativity in these ways and also my project management skills, my <laughs> diplomacy, my, you know, I was I was Hater a off. free agent because yes. <laughs> all of these things. And so I have been working on my craft. Seriously. Tenfold. Though. And so I haven't been out of the game. I've just had a different employer, my kid. After I had my first kid, I did a gig and he was maybe maybe a couple of months old. So I took him, I squeezed into an opera gown. Wow. I mean, it was ridiculous. I breastfed him at intermission. Mm. I'd stuffed all of these um, pads into my bra so that I didn't leak during the performance. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was, 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 you know, proud of myself and pleased that I'd balanced it all. Um, but I recently was asked to do another gig so I'm I'm pregnant with my third and I have two little ones. Mm-hmm. And I would have been really proud of myself if I'd done it, partly just carving out the time to practice at home, do all the balancing that's necessary to do it. And then I just thought, I actually don't want to do it enough. Yeah. Maybe because I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm proud of myself for surviving each day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and it's it's too hard right now. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't need to prove it to myself and to others. And if I do need to prove it to others, then I just don't want that gig, I think. Yeah. Good on you. Congratulations for that. Seriously. And I know, but I felt terrible not doing it. And all you know, <laughs> of course I, we feel I, I, I enjoy I enjoy the performances, but I think the stress of trying to prepare for it yes. was just going to outweigh the enjoyment I would have received from doing it. This is another thing, right, is that because our paid artistic work is a part of our joy we did this because we loved it at one point of our life it wasn't for the cash yes we did it because we loved it and now I just think of like you just said the word practice and I somewhat shuddered because again unlike other jobs this is a job that you have to maintain like you have to practice you don't just turn up and log on you know, type things in. You have to practice and people have a certain expectation when you sing. Yes, it's just not going to come out of the blue. It's not going to come out of the blue. So that is another thing that I think about is like as a creative, how do you even keep that antenna alive? How do you keep that muscle working? How do you? Yeah. Yeah, there's logistics of it. Yeah. Weighing up, weighing up am I going to? learn this thing, have the muscles ready for this choreography, whatever. And then am I going to get my soul fed? Yeah. Like, you know, as wanky as that is. Yeah. It's it's performing for me was was partly about the music, partly about being in this sort of family all of a sudden of of really great creative thinkers. 
I don't know. I just, I think that my, my, you have to have a lot of energy for that. You have to really, really want to do it and you have to be available Mm. mentally. And maybe, maybe some of my satisfaction in creativity is being met at the moment with a toddler. That's so lame. No, it's not. But I know what you mean. I mean, it is and it absolutely isn't Mm -hmm. because we have to play all his games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think think right now I just think if I take time off performing because it's, it's all a bit too hard basket and I really want to do it later on, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. I'll, I'll have the time and the space to go about that properly. But I really dislike doing it in a diluted way, turning up to something going, yeah, I've, I've learned this to the best of my ability for the time that I had, yeah. 10 o'clock at night, singing half of the volume because I didn't want to wake anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. So really, this is the first time I've sung it out loud because, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I don't really want to do that yeah. right now. Diluted, I think, is the perfect word because it feels like that. And, you know, you've spent a third of your life pouring over the sequence of like three notes to get them perfect oh. or, you know, whatever it is. And then you literally come into a job and you're like, look, I sifted through the script you sent me kind of maybe at 3 a.m., you know, or something like that. I think diluted is a really, because, again, we are experts in our craft. We've tried so hard to be experts that it does feel like, it feels like shit to basically do things half-assed. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does that feel then? (laughs) applying that same kind of value set of I want to be really good at my job to trying to be really good at this very difficult job of being a mum where inevitably you just fail every day. (laughs) I I do. I do. (laughs) Or I feel like I am. And you give it a red hot go. Yep. And then... Sometimes it's just they they they're they're just crying and um I don't know because everything is so there we I guess there is a standard like a really high standard that artists hold themselves to or performers um you know we are our own worst critics I think this is part of the thing is that inherently we are already critics of ourselves yeah there's no denying that so we're always going to be harder on ourselves and then you have this thing that you literally will never get right like this you will never figure out the the puzzle the kid puzzle Mm. and it's a mind fuck I think at first you know that's why I like the it all comes out in the wash. Yes. Because, you know, there are those days where, sure, you had planned to do some craft activities and bake a cake and go for a, a walk outside, but you just 
you watch a lot of Bluey instead, you know, and it'll all come out in the wash because some days that's the best parenting you can do. That is actually the best job that you could do that day. Yeah. But I think that, I think I need to remind myself of that all the time because I just feel like I'm not good most of the time at parenting, but I acknowledge intellectually that I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know for a fact that both of your kids are alive right now. And the third one is, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really, that is the standard, isn't it? Like, uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, I, just know you are one of my mum inspirations. Oh, Seriously. And I was just thinking as well how I also think you've sold yourself short because before we started recording, you were telling me how. So another thing that Tess does, everyone, is wherever she is, she makes community choirs. <laughs> because you do and they're just famous and you've made one where you are that has a wait list of 80 people <laughs> which is extraordinary no not the wait list no <laughs> you're you're very kind and um thank you the the choir has about 80 people and a wait list of I don't know four I'm not sure no oh my gosh to even have a wait list you've basically like sold out your choir like it should have a big sold out label on it that's the goal (laughs) I do love community choirs I do like to feel like I'm doing something creative and doing something musical um and I think yeah I think that maybe my creativity is being met by those things if not being a performer right now as an operatic performer anyway yeah your creativity is being met somehow yeah that's sometimes sometimes how is my creativity being met how do I make a meal out of these three ingredients in the fridge yeah you know yeah how do I turn this day around where I'm I'm tired and you're grumpy And you're a toddler, so I'm supposed to be the adult here. (laughs) You know, like, how can I creatively change this situation? So, yeah, I think, I think my, yeah, I think I'm creative every day as a a mum. And I'm, um, whatever those skills that I was trying, you know, using in the practice room to persevere (laughs) with something. (laughs) they're being used yeah but not but it's taken me a while to actually see see it see it like that instead I just saw it as oh yeah okay here's this this mothering business and I did want to have kids and I love them obviously I mean like you just you must love your kids because it's a tough job and you do it every day so I love them to bits but it's it's hard and at the start I just felt like well this is a massive hindrance to the thing that I really loved which I've been working so hard to do for so many years which was not just my job but my identity and my sense of self yeah and here you are being a burden to that yeah (laughs) um and yeah 
that that's partly true. Yeah. I think it is a good point to note we do love our kids. <laughs> love them, love them, love them. I love my child. This is the other crux, I think, of this kind of mother-artist intersection is that it is so much part of our identity, like, you know, your Tesla opera singer. Am I? <laughs> you know, like, and it's that thing of going, okay, well, I'm not doing it, so who am I now? Am, am I this person that just, like, does nappies and naps my child four times a day but I also agree with you in that sometimes I think okay a really good skill I have is like never holding on to anything but I'm like okay that's not worked today we'll just do it again differently does he ever nap the same time through the day no because I just I barely had like the same job for more than a week things could easily come and go you're always experimenting as your job as a performer, um, trying new things, working collaboratively, going, okay, we have these resources to do this. How do we do it? Then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to bring that bag into this moment or something. Yeah. I think we're used to very shifting landscapes. You work with different people for a short period of time on a, on a certain contract and you go into the rehearsal space and you just give something a go you know you just try something and yeah if, if it's a flop you go all right well that didn't work we'll try I'll something, try something else. else yeah yeah and and that's appreciated you know that kind of approach is called workshopping <laughs> 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 whereas <laughs> when you're mothering it's called um inconsistency <laughs> it's, it's called lack of boundaries yeah yeah, so, recklessness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to all of those those parents I know that are really organised with their, their meal plans and, like you say, the, the sleep times and length and so on. I, 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 that, that isn't me and it can't be me because I've tried and it stresses me out more Same. to try to follow something that, is just sort of at odds <laughs> with um with how I go about it. But I think that yeah, if we see if we see this this mothering gig as a workshop. An endless workshop. Uh, we go, oh yeah, that was a flop. How interesting. How curious. Mm, let's sit about let's, and talk about this. Oh. I do think like I was like, wow, this is probably the mo- most like ultimate collaborative process I've ever been in. Me with my child, I'm collaborating with him, me and my partner, I'm collaborating yes. with him. And it's just like endless. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, how do you find that as a freelance artist? Yeah, it's it's tough. And I I know what you mean. Like I tried the schedules thing the nap length thing, yeah, struggled through that and was like, do you seriously want me to spend all my time bouncing in this dark room where I have been trained to, like, find the light on my face? <laughs> <laughs> my I am too big for these four walls. I've literally been on stages and you want me to bounce in this room 
Darkness is not my place. No, if dark. I'm here, at least make a mistake. Seriously, what is going on? Um, on? I have to turn on my car to charge my phone. Oh. So I'm, I'm, yeah, because I'm sitting in the car because it's a safe space where nobody can um, be touched. Yeah, nobody can touch me. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, I'm charging. I guess I have to ask the question that centres this podcast. Tess, how are you keeping your creative practice and your child or children alive? Well, I think I've I think I've merged them. I think my creative practice is currently keeping my children alive. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I think, well, I see the job of looking after them as much more creative than I used to. I used to see it as just a ask. It's, I mean, some days I absolutely do. Like, oh, this is very repetitive and this is very boring and not not what I want to do. And I find the early days, actually, to be really honest, I find early baby days quite challenging for that reason yeah um so now that one of my kids can talk and play with me I find I'm getting more creative stimulation out of him I feel like finally, He's working for me now. <laughs> finally a ticket holder <laughs> but, but maybe that's just that I need to see I need to wrap this reframe just reframe everything all the time mm. um maybe I will find the the infant baby days more creative this next time round. I'm not sure. How am I keeping my creative practice alive? Well, it isn't what it was before I had kids. And it just can't be. It can't be to the same level that it was. Mm. Um, and I'm slowly coming to terms with that. But I'm finding other places and ways to be creative and and I think it's I think it's okay I think my whole identity was wrapped up in this in this one thing and the more that you put on your plate and then have a family and whatever you just can't really do that one thing or you can't do it the same way Mm. so that's a very long-winded way. I'm not even trying to answer the question at all. My kids are alive, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. It can't be the same. Yeah. It just can't. And, yeah, the early baby days are very monotonous. Um, I think Marcus is nearly 10 months. He's not really. So I still think we are still kind of in that early baby phase because I don't know I feel like if they're still napping multiple times a day it's hard like it's it's really tough um and not communicating and you or just you know when they can only communicate in like three different ways um it's really yelling yelling crying crying, hitting yeah you know um awesome 
<laughs> it's true. And that it is really tough. And then I was like the monotony. At one point I was like, these feel like scales. You know, this is like the bread and butter foundational stuff that you do. Like every day while I was at uni, we did ballet bar. I was like, this feels just like that really core foundational work that isn't fun, but it is like singing your scales every day or doing those boring. Yeah. Yeah. Boring vocal exercises. Why did we do it? We did it because we knew that we would get better at our craft. Or we were just told to. Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. So if we apply it to, if we apply it to the mothering of just, we have to go through the motions, Mm. you know, especially in those early days of, you know, changing them, feeding them, cleaning them, putting them to bed, laying the foundations. Fairly enjoyable. I mean, to some people, sure. They love scales and doing bar work. That's true, don't they? <laughs> but do you find any of that creative? <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, no nap is the same in our house. Yes. Um, well, how curious. Yeah, how curious. <laughs> yeah, partly because... I just don't think I could do the same. Like, I'm like, okay, if I have to nap him every day multiple times, I just can't do it the same way. I will, I tried and it was driving me up the wall and I was like, I just can't do this. Um, Yeah. So I almost purposefully now do like one in the pram, one on the couch, one where he's lying on the bed, one where he's in the car, like whatever. Yeah. Wow, that's the creativity is just rife. Um, that's a lot. It's. I also think you've massively undersold yourself because when you were like, I was, I moved to, you know, I moved because I was working on a film. It was a documentary that you were basically self-producing. This is what I mean. I can't even talk about it without being filled with guilt that I'm not completing this amazing project that I really believe in but do not have the mental or emotional space to do right now. So I have to either do it to the best of my ability, which is to a standard I'm probably not happy with. Diluted. Or not do it right now. Yeah, diluted or not do it right now. And I think... I don't know. Maybe that's the lesson. Maybe it's just, maybe I'll never be able to do anything anymore <laughs> to <laughs> the level that I'm, that I feel is really, really great. But it's the, it's the best that I could do. And that's going to be, that's, that's going to be the best I can do that day, mm. that year, you know? Yeah. I feel better about it about my mothering now that I go, yeah, I tried really hard and and I and I really didn't want to be a mum today because I would prefer to be doing something else. But mm. I turned up and I <laughs> so maybe with that film that you're talking about I should just 
get back on it and not be so scared. But anyway, we're not here to um, (laughs) self-help. In a rehearsal, in in a a creative space, being, um, you know, on on the precipice of some kind of breakdown Mm. is part of the creative process and when you're (laughs) when you're surrounded by people who who not only understand that but kind of are excited by it yeah Yeah. like you know how wonderful you're about to have a breakdown who knows what which means a breakthrough often pardon in the creative process a breakdown often means you're about to like break through something yes yes Mm. Yeah, it's an exciting place to be. Mm. But then in another community, when you're saying, Oh, I'm I'm about to have a mental breakdown, take take a mum's group, for example. Actually, my mum's group is pretty great. Mm. But just in the in the mothering or parenting space, if you were to say, I'm a, I'm having a mental breakdown and I I'm losing the plot and I'm feeling quite unhinged. I, and I do feel like that quite a bit. Mm. It's not like, oh, wonderful, how exciting. Mm. You're going you're gonna to do some great mothering on the other side of this. Yeah, just on the other side. Yeah, totally. Uh, mm. it. It's like, oh, well, you should probably get some help with that. Mm. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not something that is as easily applauded. Um, yeah, yeah. Or you just don't feel like you can share those feelings. I don't feel like I can share those feelings as easily mm. about parenting as I can just about being creative but in you know the artistic space. Yeah. They do sit very differently. One is sexy and exciting and one is <laughs> just dangerous dangerous yeah I just know that in the mother's group that is you and I that I find unhinged sexy and exciting (laughs) um I think you're a legend I do I really really do I've loved you from the moment I met you and you are one of the great loves of my life And that you are, you know this, this is all things you know. You've housed me when I was a unhoused, that sounds sexy, (laughs) an unhoused artist in Melbourne. That's like like the pinnacle of sexy. Um, I love you. I love you. Well, there we have it. Our very first episode of Mum in Development. I really resonated with that stuff that Tess was talking about toward the end of the conversation, how certain states of mind or adjectives are valued in one set of our lives and treated differently in another. Also about the realities of choosing gigs, the shifting of our identity, and certainly that diluted feeling of doing neither mum life or art life to what we really would like to be doing it. A massive thank you to Tess for her very precious time and to you for listening. Like any artist slash mother, I've listened back and I have 
a long list of notes that I've given myself of things I would like to do better next time because this was my very first time recording a podcast. So I hope that you join me as I continue figuring out this ongoing workshop. Like, follow, subscribe, or leave a rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to this on. But because motherhood and creative practice are ultimately collaborative, I'd really love you to share this episode or this podcast with somebody who you think would enjoy it too. See you next time for another episode of Mum in Development.